Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. All right, welcome to episode eight. Let's jump into it. Executing strategy in the midst of daily urgencies. And that's our reality, am I right? We have strategy, we have long-term goals, we have strategic initiatives. It really doesn't matter if we're talking about this at a department level um, and your goals for the year, or if we're talking about this at an enterprise or organizational level and you've got a strategic plan. Uh, it's all the same because the amount of attention that's needed to keep things running day to day can devour all of our time and energy required to invest in your strategy for tomorrow, right? And this leaves some teams with unfinished goals and projects at the end of the year, despite all the effort that they make to juggle multiple and often competing priorities. So I would say executing strategic priorities is the greatest challenge for business today. And it really doesn't matter if you're nonprofit, for-profit, educational institution, healthcare organization, or governmental agency. In fact, I think I saw some research and I'm forgetting it off the top of my hand here, but over 70%, and this was in the for-profit world, over 70% of businesses say that they struggle with this and it just it feels like it aligns with my experience in terms of what I see with teams and so I, I what I what I'm getting at here and what I'm noticing is that aligning your organization's management and work teams with your strategic priorities is just a never-ending battle year after year trying to keep them in sync and the enormous effort I think needed to align and move your teams it can just suck your capacity and leave leaders and staff feeling frustrated so, so let's just think about this for a moment. So how does strategy break down? And kudos to Franklin Covey here because I think they've done a ton of great work exposing what happens and how to approach strategy execution. And what they found is that organizations typically struggle to meet their goals um, in four areas. So there's four management breakdowns that they've been able to expose, which I find super useful. So one is that managers and work teams don't often know the goal. And I think that's super true. So test yourself right now. If you were to go into your work team and ask them, what is the goal for the year, either for the department or for the organization, how many people would actually know? Like every time I go into a team and I ask that question, there's usually maybe one nerd that, knows, I'm just kidding, one person that maybe really knows like what the goal is, but you know, there's typically more than one goal in an organization. So folks don't really know those goals. And according to you know, Franklin Covey's research, only 15%, which probably sounds about right, like a little over 10% of employees actually know their organization's strategic goals. So you know, if you look at this and you tell me what you think, but I found kind of three reasons for this. One is there either are no goals, two, there are too many goals, or three, there's really poor translation. Like they're really uh, ambiguous. Um, and the translation between the strategic priority and the impact on the frontline team is just super fuzzy. So the second management breakdown is managers and teams don't know what to do to achieve the goal. So it kind of makes sense, they're like dominoes. If you don't know the goal, you probably don't have a plan in place. And so if you don't really have a plan in place, um, obviously the, the disconnection is just right there. So if you think about that, in addition to not having a plan, I think too many teams don't know like which critical act activities would provide the greatest leverage to achieve a team goal. Like there's probably a team that has a work plan that's buried on a shared drive or a SharePoint site 
and maybe it gets brought out once a month to take a look at but overall like folks don't really know what they're doing or it's maybe like a certain committee or group um, rather than like this being something that the team engages in right so i think that's really important because they're busy doing that but are they doing the right thing and i think that's really important to take a look at um, I would say the third breakdown um, that Covey noticed and I totally concur with is that they don't keep score. So if you don't know the goal and you don't know how to achieve the goal, um, it would go then that folks aren't really taking a look at how we're doing. So when asked, you know, um, most employees don't actually know like what the key measures even are and they're not tracking them. Usually when I go into a team and I ask them, so how are you doing to date? It's because sometimes the team will know the goal and, I, and you know, the question back is great. How are you performing? I'm not quite sure is the first response. And then maybe somebody has to go dig out, you know, what the status is on the SharePoint site and they got to find it. So to me, it's invisible, which is a problem, right? If you're trying to align your team's um, everyday or weekly activity to a long-term goal. And then last but not least, number four, um, most people don't feel like anyone's held accountable. And I think research shows this to be one of the greatest areas of inconsistency. Very few employees actually meet consistently as a team to discuss their project, their process, uh, progress um, to these goals. They maybe meet in meetings like connected to their work plans or maybe they review things, you know, at an all staff once a month or once a quarter, but they're not meeting um, really frequently. There's no fast, frequent, frequent and focused way that they're taking a look at this. So you can see if you bring all these management breakdowns together, it leaves a massive gap between where it is the organization is trying to get to and how they're living their day-to-day -day experience. So those are the four breakdowns, but here's where I think it gets interesting because most people that I come in contact with at some point in their lives actually have had the ability to achieve a breakthrough goal, whatever that looks like in their life. Maybe they've been able to um, lose massive weight or run a half marathon or a full marathon or save up for a house, whatever it looks like. There's these big goals that any one of us have had and we've been able to achieve. What's interesting though is that I think that people know how to achieve goals. It's when you get into a team setting, especially in an organization where the issues are big and complex, that we struggle. And then there's something happening that these breakdowns aren't explaining. So here's how I see it. Yeah, I think most managers and teams, they already have this mountain of work to do to run the day-to-day. -day. Like, it's just there. And that day-to-day -day work, it brings with it issues that are urgent in nature, right? These, in these issues, they tend to act on us, right? So whether you like it or not, even while you're listening to this podcast, or if you didn't even show up to work today, I bet you you'll get texts, emails, phone calls about issues that are happening today. Like, you don't have to do anything about it. Stuff is going to come your way. And I think that's the nature of the day-to-day. -day. It acts on you. And most of what acts on you tends to be urgent. Folks are waiting, or at least you feel like you need to respond right away. And then on top of that, in an organization, we have goals or these strategic priorities. Now, this work is important. It's not urgent. And it's important in the sense that you need it to grow or develop or to scale or whatever that is. But you have to act on it right? So you're the one that has to call the meeting. You're the one that has to pull together the, the committee. You're the one that has to devise the work plan and understand the kind of progress you're making. Like it's not going to come at you. So it's interesting because you've got these two teams, um, these two elements, I'm sorry, playing with each other, super necessary, both of them, but they do not like each other and they do not get along at all. And what happens then is anytime this urgent and the important collide, the day-to-day -day with the goal activity, typically the urgent wins every time right? Like 
You've probably seen that happen. You've probably been in a meeting and it's been hijacked by the urgent. Maybe a leader came in and said, okay, before we get into our agenda, I just have to talk through something and emergencies come up or there's something that you guys are all together. I want to make sure that we um, talk about or the entire agenda gets thrown out because there's a massive emergency. Like we've seen this, we've experienced it, we've lived through it. Maybe you lived through it just this week. This is what happens to us day to day. So I call this out because here's what I, I'm realizing. It's not that we don't know how to achieve any goals and execute on a goal. I think the real challenge leaders have and teams have is that um, we don't have a real reliable and consistent, consistent way to execute on a goal in the midst of the day-to-day -day urgencies. I think that is what's at the center of our issue and our problem. So the thought for the day is actually a set of principles based on lean management. And the principles I want to introduce you to, I call the four keys of strategy execution. Um, I've introduced these to a number of different organizations. The four keys are simple, they're super repeatable, and they're a principle-based formula for executing on some of your most strategic priorities in the midst of these daily urgencies. So let me get into the first one with you. The first one I call focus on the breakthrough. That's our first key. And this is where I believe strategy development and strategy execution come together because strategy development oftentimes is about being divergent, coming up with a whole bunch of different ideas and then trying to figure out like, okay, where is it that we think we can compete and win? Where do we need to stabilize our operations? Whatever that looks like. Um, and we hire folks to come in and help us set the strategy. And what's fascinating to me is that I think while that's kind of important, what's even more important is the execution part. Because here's the deal, exceptional execution starts with narrowing the focus and expressing priorities as clear goals. That's just a reality. And a core principle of key one is to narrow your focus on the critical few goals. And to be specific, I would say select one to no more than three breakthrough goals. And while this sounds reasonable, that's not how most of us are operating at all. And the reason why is because there's typically way more good ideas in the world than that we have capacity to execute. That's just a truth. And so we take on more than we can handle. And I see it time and time again. You know what? If you want to spend your money, don't spend your money on strategy development. Spend your money on strategy execution because you're going to get way more mileage out of it because this is what you do repeatedly year after year. And so if you are not great at it, I would invest here, quite frankly, as opposed to coming up with great strategy because, um, you know, one is just temporary. The other is all about who you are and how you're really going to get your ROI. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever eaten nachos? I know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally switching here um, in frames of thought. I just want you to get this point for a second. So my favorite is when I grab a chip and all of a sudden like six chips pull up with it. Like that's like a nacho score in my world. I love that. It usually happens like when there's an immense amount of cheese and it's okay, I'm, I'm going off topic. But what I've noticed that a lot of organizations do is they do the same thing with their goals. It's so fascinating. They think they focused on a few goals, but each goal has multiple objectives and each objective has multiple tactics with big work plans. Like you've probably seen that. It's almost as if everyone's got gone to the same strategy development workshop. And before you know it, you've got like, it, maybe you have like five goals, but you have actually like 10 or 20 goals underneath each one with 30 or 40 work plans. It's crazy. It's like everyone read the, read the same strategic planning book or something like that. So anyways, when I see this, I call this having nacho goals. And normally, you know, I live by the saying, you know, if the nachos are stuck together, that's one nacho, but that's just super not cool when it's your organizational goals. And it's not that, you know, your department won't have their own set of goals. 
I'm talking about what the organization needs to focus on as a whole here. So there's usually two places that these breakthrough goals, if you're gonna get them down to one or two, really come from. The first might be operations. So if you really take a hard look at some of the goals that your organization has right now, you might actually find that a lot of them might be whirlwind. They might be day-to-day -day urgent kind of stuff. That's, that's all that they are. They're more of a continuation of the past instead of that one to two focused areas that's gonna move everything. But if you choose to take on a goal that's based on operations or programming, you would do so because your ability to deliver value is so broken that you need to fix it, right? And you can't compete unless you're able to you know, get this right. And I think that's really powerful. So maybe the safety level at your, at your um, institution isn't right and so folks are being harmed. Maybe part of like what you do is based on making sure that you're reliably able to deliver on time and you're not able to do that. Like that you need to fix because you can't even compete. The other place that it might come from would be positioning. And so assume that like a lot of your operations are able to meet more or less the, the value proposition or you know um, make good on what it is it's supposed to be doing. Once things feel stable and you see where you need to be, that is the place to maybe go to work and think about having um, a goal around that area and a strategy. So now you're thinking about what capabilities you might need um, to have that you aren't really um, able to uh, fulfill on yet or that you don't have yet. So this is what I mean by breakthrough. It positions you to compete and differentiate. And I think that's really important. So most leaders are super open to good ideas. I mean, that's what makes them good leaders. They're ambitious, right? And they see what needs to be fixed or developed for growth to occur. And this is what makes them great strategists. However, to be great at executing strategy, leaders also have to know when to say when, quite frankly. So there will always be more good ideas than there's capacity to execute. And great leaders know how to balance the tension between the art of developing strategy and the discipline of executing it. So with this in mind, there are two rules uh, that I think are really important when you're thinking about breakthrough goals. One, have no more than two, I, maybe two to three if you're really like results-based, but I would say if you don't have a tradition of being results-based, no more than one to two breakthrough goal per person or per team at the same time, right? This is gonna be really important when we talk about the other keys because people will have too much on their plate. And two, Make sure that that goal has a clear finish line. And I think that's important. And so the formula we use for clear finish lines is verb noun. So improve access, you know, um, decrease um, harm, um, decreased cost, whatever. Verb noun. And here's the money part. From X to Y by when, right? And so from X is your baseline. To Y is where you're trying to get to by when. And I think that's important because most goals that I've seen just have the two why, right? And what's important about that as you really begin to clarify is it forces you to answer the question, do I even know where I'm at today? And if I'm going to engage in this, how much effort is it gonna take for me to understand where I'm at today? Uh, it doesn't mean that if you don't have the data, you wouldn't do it, but you might engage folks in something different while you're building your capability to understand where you're at today. And so that's really understood. When you have those elements from X to Y by when, that's huge because what it does, that level of specificity provides is very little room for misunderstanding. So now we're creating a game where people feel like they can affect the change and they actually know what the goal is. It's not something vague like, um, in, you know, improve relationships and partnerships or, you know, promote a student-centered environment or whatever that is. People will engage with what they can affect 
And when we don't have goals that have clear finish line, then we lose engagement and the ability to sustain consistent results. All right, key number two. So if the first one is to focus on the breakthrough, the second key is about leveraging the lead. And I think that's really important. Um, leveraging the lead is all about leveraging lead measures. So here's the deal, and most of you might be familiar with this. It's called the Pareto Principle. And what it states is that about 20% of our activity produces 80% of our results. And if you're in the problem solving world, we know that 20% of our issues create 80% of our headaches, right? But the highest predictor of goal achievement totally rests in your ability to identify that key 20% activities that's gonna move the needle. And I think this gets missed a ton. This right here, this key is what I think is missing from over 90% of the organizations I know I work with. So let me shed some light on what a lead measure is um, as opposed to a lag measure. A lag measure is typically what people use to measure your goal. So if I'm gonna lose weight, I might measure my pounds, right? If I'm gonna to try to reduce incidents in an organization, I might look at an incident rate. The problem with lag measures is they're the result of what happened. A lead measure is something different. Lead measures predict if you're going to meet your, your outcome or your lag measure. They, they tell you if you're on track, but here's the deal. A really good lead measure doesn't just predict the lag measure, it's something you can influence, right? You have to have it um, positioned in a way where it can be actionable. I've seen a lot of great process metrics or lead measures, and if the team can't influence them, they, they suck because they're useless to you. So I think that's really important. I'll talk more about lead measures in another podcast. But for now, here's the deal. If, if you can find a lead measure and that's where you get to focus, it changes everything. Because once you can influence that, that's where you focus. You know, you can't manage the results. You can't manage the lag measure. You can't manage the incident. I can't manage pounds, but I'll tell you what I can manage as lead measures. I can measure calories in and calories out. And that is huge because, you know, I might not be able to find out how much weight I lost, but if I'm managing that I'm supposed to eat a certain number of calories and burn a certain amount, now I know exactly like what I should be doing to put myself in action. That's influenceable and that should lead to the outcome. And that's where we want teams to live. We don't want them worrying about the result. It's too, it's, it's too far away from what they can actually impact. We want them connected to a lead measure that they can actually do something about. So our third key then would be tracking this lead measure. I would say that having lead measures is probably the most underused practice. Tracking them then, ergo, it's just not happening. And so one of the things that we want are scoreboards. Uh, scoreboards are different than dashboards. Dashboards are pretty, um, they, they show the lag measures, they show the outcomes, um, they show the KPIs, whatever it is, the language that you use in your organization. Um, but that's what they're showing. They're showing the high level performance to goal. Scoreboards are showing something different, right? They're showing what's happening at the team level. And what I've found is that people and teams, they just play differently when they're keeping score. I mean, you know this, I have a daughter, she's in um, soccer right now, they're in a league where they don't keep score and they play totally different, right, than when they know it matters. Well, it's funny because, you know, the parents don't keep score theoretically, but the kids, they totally keep score, but I digress. Anyways, one of the things that I wanna make sure that I call out is that typically what I find is that staff feel more engaged when they can see they're having an impact on the game. 
And so like how visible is the scoreboard to the entire team? You want it super visible. We want it out there for everyone to see it because line of sight is really showing like how the weekly actions are moving this lead measure. And the lead measure typically moves the lag measure. So every week I want to see like what is it that I'm doing this week and how is it moving that lead measure. And over time, over maybe four to six weeks, we want to begin to see are the lead measures actually have an impact on the lag measure. And so, um, you know what, we've got like a great event that I think really pulls all this together. I'm going to put links in this podcast. If you want to go check it out, um, you can read more about this or you can actually um, come to an event. But what's really important here to be able to understand is that we want to make sure that the team can see at the appropriate level, which is at their level, what they can control and have influence over. So tracking the lead measure by creating some kind of compelling scoreboard is one of the most important things here for this third key. So this last key we call creating an accountability cycle. And I think it's important because most of the time we don't have a really great cadence or rhythm for checking in with each other on progress to goals. That was one of those last management breakdowns. So the first three keys really set the game up, right? We now have a focus on a critical few. We have critical lead measures that teams then can begin to move. We've got compelling scoreboards to begin to track our lead measures and what we're doing. This last part is all about playing the game, right? And so each team engages in brief, super fast and focused um, weekly meetings that highlight just their progress to goal. And we're taking a look at their successes, analyzing any failures and course correct as necessary. And I think this is really important because all we're doing is spending maybe 10 to 15 minutes and focusing on the one to two things that each person can do this week to move the lead measure. And this is really critical because I think most of the time we have these massive work plans and then we're trying to work the plan and that's great for some things, but most goals um, are set up in a way where we don't really know the outcome and we don't really know the pathway to get to the outcome. Like we don't know how to end homelessness. We don't know how to double our revenue. We don't know. You know what I mean? Like we, we don't know exactly how to get there. So we need to find creative ways to do that. And so having weekly commitments to move a lead measure is one of the ways to deal with um, this myth of certainty through a work plan by doing it a little bit differently. So um, there they are. Those are the four keys. And when applied together, the four keys really integrate continuous improvement principles into your strategy execution. Um, I think they create a really simple and powerful performance management system that I've seen help so many teams. It's, it's incredible to see a team get really clear on their goal, get really clear at the team level about what the lead measures are, to see these teams really begin to visualize their progress and to be making these weekly commitments so they can see what it is that they need to do, but then they can actually you know, problem solve what's getting in the way of their commitments. Like That's where they get to play the game, which I think is huge. And I think more than just their ability to focus on critical few um, and manage what's in their control, I think what is starting to happen is there's a culture change for a lot of teams that's based on accountability and teamwork. So I guess my question would be, which one of these four principles are you not being able to honor right now? Do you have too many goals? Uh, maybe do you lack lead measures that are predictable and influenceable? Um, do you lack the visual management or the scoreboard at the team level to track the lead measures? Um, and maybe like, do you have fast and focused and standard weekly huddles or meetings to check on your progress to the goals? So which one of those are missing for you that I think would make a big difference if you were able to implement him? Here's the deal. They all have to be implemented because these four breakdowns have an impact together. 
And I want to be clear here. Um, it really is about doing all of these four things. And usually I say, you know, you don't have to do them all, but if you don't, it's just going to take way more effort to get the result, right? And so most organizations are not getting the results. So why wouldn't you start to engage in some of these keys? So anyways, I'll make sure that there are links in here. You can read more about it. You can follow up. Um, would love to make sure that you're really understanding this. It's hard to get all, it's hard to get into it in a, a podcast like this, but I think you get the idea here that we're after. Okay, well, that's your dose of thought revolution for today. You got more than a thought. You got some principles. You got four keys to work on strategy execution. If you want to know more, totally look at the links below. Um, and I know all of you wake up each day with this incredible bend to make a difference, to just matter in the world. And my goal for you is you spend less time making it work and more time making a difference. To learn more about the four keys, you can visit our website at www.impactconsultancy.org. Um, and I'm Chris Nebro. Don't forget to like, comment, or leave a question for me. And please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. I'll see you next time.